With the Senior Bowl shifting the spotlight onto this year's upcoming NFL draft, there are a lot of questions around how the Bengals can upgrade their trench play this offseason. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. Today, we're diving into an off-season mailbag, and a lot of you are wondering about the offensive line, the defensive line. We've got some questions about potential extension candidates for the Cincinnati Bengals, and a whole lot more we're going to get to in this mailbag. Brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs, who helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. You can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnNFL. Terms and conditions apply. And if you're new to the show, hit the subscribe button on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. And make sure you don't miss an episode of Locked On Bengals this offseason. You'll be the most educated person as we go into the draft as free agency on all off-season topics for your office conversations or conversations with other Bengals fans. And feel free to tell them about the podcast as well. And James, we've got some good ones to get to today. We're going to start with trench conversation and going to be dominated by trench conversation. Before we get to the draft, though, Ed from Bellefontaine in Ohio would like to know about a bridge guy. Knowing that rookie offensive tackles can take a little bit of time to acclimatize to the NFL and you shouldn't expect them to generally hit the ground as all pros, he wants a bridge guy in free agency so the rookie doesn't have a ton of pressure. Who fits the bill? Is it Jermaine Illuminor? Is it Trent Brown? Who are the realistic possibilities? He named two of them right there. I certainly think Jermaine Illuminor is at the top of that list of affordable option, starting level option that free up the draft a bit where you don't feel obligated to go offensive tackle with that 18th overall pick. And that's that should be their mindset when it comes to defensive tackle and, and offensive tackle. These are deep classes. Uh, you know, at offensive tackle, there's going to be a lot of players discussed. We'll discuss a lot of these options that they have over the next few months. But Ed's right. There are very rarely plug-and-play guys that are going to come in and just be awesome right away. And Let's just say you do get one of those at 18. It isn't guaranteed. So having another veteran option and having some depth is exactly what the Bengals should be looking for. And and so I I think those are two realistic options, two guys that have played right tackle at at, at high levels. And and I do wonder, and I think he's going to get paid way more and and be out of their price range, but I I do wonder what they think of Unwenu from New England as well. Because of his positional versatility, you could argue that, hey, if we sign him and then you end up getting one of these studs at tackle, well, maybe they need a year anyways. And if the guy doesn't need a year and you get him into camp and you realize how good he is, one one who can play multiple spots and it just really bolsters your depth there. So I think that's unrealistic. But as far as bridge offensive tackles go, those are two options. Another one, he's coming off of injury. I think it's unrealistic, but could they go after a Jack Conklin? Would they be open to him? Uh, I don't know. I I doubt it just because the age, injury, all of those things. Just another name that is going to be a free agent as well. 
I didn't even know Jack Conklin was going to be a free agent. Coming off of a serious injury, but yes. Yes, he got hurt against the Bengals week one. Some other guys that are not going to excite people. The, the back end of this free agent class at tackle, if you're talking about a true transition player who you might just need to play maybe half the season or maybe a quarter of the season, there, there are journeymen that are free agents. Cam Fleming, George Fant, who would be much cheaper. Very unexciting. But wouldn't be shocking if the Bengals chose to go that route either just to have a veteran who they felt could play if they plan to address that position in the draft. But if they sign one of those guys, that does tell you what their plan is for the first round of the draft. If they sign a guy like Jermaine Illuminor or Trent Brown or one of these guys that's maybe a little bit higher priced, Mike and Wenu certainly would, would expect to be more expensive than either of those two guys, that could not necessarily tip their first round plans, could be first, second, third round at that point. Or, or maybe that's a guy they expect to start for them for a couple of years or, or at least a year, that kind of thing. Whoa, I maybe I missed it, Jake. He isn't a free agent. I, I didn't realize. I thought 2023 was his last year. Man, Drew Rosenhaus got him paid. And there's no real out in Conklin's deal until after 2025. Ugh. Hmm. Well, never mind. Never mind that. The Browns are, are going to have to rally around Jack Conklin for sure. And he's going into his age 30 season as well. So, no, I, I thought for some reason I thought that he was – was going to be a free agent, but he's he's got a, a pretty significant cap hit. So there we go. On the topic of offensive line development, why we're still talking about it? Is this is this a development issue? We're going to talk more about the trenches in both sides, but we have a question both from Subtext and on Twitter. On Subtext, it comes from Zach. He wants to know about our thoughts on offensive line development. Is it a coaching issue or is it a player issue based on who they've picked? Are we concerned with future development? And then on Twitter, Matthew thought, what about coaching changes on a, on the offensive line? Are there scheme changes? Is there news tied to Frank Pollock's return for 2024? And I would say no news means that Frank Pollock will be back, James, but what are your thoughts there on offensive line development scheme changes and what we should expect there? Well, the reason why this is so important is so you don't have to sign a Jack Conklin to a four-year $60 million deal in June, and so James doesn't get it completely wrong on Locked on Bengals man, that's a tough spot to be in. And the Bengals, look, they've spent the past couple of years to try to fix the problem and, and find guys, whether it's Orlando Brown Jr., Alex Kappa, Ted Karras, find guys that, that can help fill the void and, and help this team win quality pass-blocking players, right? But we've known that this was coming, where they're going to have to draft and develop offensive linemen. And we saw... Glimpses of it, I think, with Cordell Volson. We know what Jackson Carmen is. There's no developing there. It's just didn't work. And and so the the issues, I think everyone from Frank Pollock to the front office and everyone in between needs to be, needs to identify who is going to fit them best and who they think they can get the most out of. Not these projects, which Jackson Carmen certainly was. The day of the draft, we knew it, and it felt like a reach at the time. Uh, not a, a guy like Billy Price, who it felt like you were settling because everyone knew that the Bengals wanted Frank Rag now, and you don't get him. They were right about him, by the way. Frank was is a really, really good player. Obviously, we've seen him with Detroit, and he shined with Detroit. Penny Sewell, they had a really high grade on him. It's not like they don't like some of these offensive linemen that end up becoming really good NFL players, but they need to 
be in lockstep and something that they haven't done outside of Carmen really since what, since Jonah is invest a high pick in an offensive lineman. And so that's part of it too. That's why I think there are so many people looking at that 18th pick and just assuming it's going to be an offensive lineman. And it very well could be the 49th pick could be an offensive lineman as well. Those two spots I, I think are prime for offensive tackle. There's certainly a guard that we'll discuss uh, interior lineman because he plays center as well. And in JPJ that we can discuss uh, Jackson powers, Johnson, the senior bowl getting a lot of eyes. So I think part of it is just the quality that you're bringing in and they were trying to, to rebuild the line on the fly in free agency. And part of that also has to do with where they were drafting the past couple of years. You're drafting at the end of round one. I think they would have taken Anton Harrison last year. I thought they felt pretty good about him. He didn't make it to them at 28. And so it's a mixture of things, but I, I do think that, and, and I want to see this with Frank Pollock, him being locked up with the front office and vice versa, where everyone's like, Hey, this is our guy, because I don't feel that way about Jackson Carmen. And they haven't really used a premium pick on anyone in the Frank Pollock era that you could say, okay, they drafted him, they developed him and he didn't develop right. And he turned out bad. Well, we don't know that yet. And, and so that's something I think we'll potentially see starting in this season and certainly this off season. We'll stay on the topic of the trenches as we continue this mailbag. A lot more to talk about as far as offensive line, identification of talent and development, defensive trenches as well. We'll go there coming up next. Today's show is brought to you by Nissan. Are you the kind of driver that likes to push things a little further? Ever wonder what adventure could be around the next corner? Our friends at Nissan have a lineup of SUVs with the capabilities to take your adventure to the next level. The 2024 Nissan Rogue is perfect for city drives and great escapes. It has a class exclusive Google built in so you can make calls if you want to. You can make sure that you're listening to the Locked On Bengals podcast. Make sure that your navigation is taking you to the right spots because they have a 12.3 inch HD touchscreen uh, touch for you. And of course, it's not just the Rogue. They have the Nissan Pathfinder, which has room up to eight plenty of cargo capacity. I got to get me a Pathfinder. The 2024 Nissan Armada, well, it's going to change the way you look at full-size SUVs. It's a 4x4 that seats up to 8. It can tow bigger, explore far, farther with the 2024 Nissan Armada. So whether it's the Rogue, Pathfinder, Armada, get to Nissan today and go find your next big adventure. Shop NissanUSA.com. James, I'm going to stay on the topic of our previous question here for a moment yeah. because with Zach in particular, he's wondering where the issue is. This is a the subtext question. And if you're new to the show, our subtext is an opportunity for you to subscribe to a text-based way to communicate with us. We'll send out updates when we have information. We'll come to subtext generally before it hits Twitter or websites. When we have things that we can share, you'll get our analysis and insight that way. And sometimes you can send questions in like today. But this question, uh, as far as where the issue is, my primary finger pointing, I don't like to finger point, but it, it goes toward the front office more than it goes toward Frank Pollock or the individual players because it's hard to blame the players too much when the front officer are, are the ones deciding how they're building the position. And I think they've done an adequate job in free agency, right? Like they upgraded the offensive line with the additions of, like you said, Ted Karras, Alex Kappa, and Orlando Brown. 
that made the offensive line better. Those guys stayed healthy. And as the season went on, stability largely showed its benefit, although there were individual gains from each of those players that left something to be desired. None of them necessarily world beaters, but all of them at least average at their position. So what are you looking for is an infusion of top-end talent. Like you said, let's find that all-pro, Pro Bowl level, level player on the offensive line. That they don't really have. Maybe Orlando Brown in his best season, certainly not the season he had last year where he was dealing with an injury for a lot of the year, could be a Pro Bowl level player. That could be one of them. But finding some athleticism, finding some upside, finding somebody who can take the line to the next level and one really, really good piece would really elevate things. And that's where you're looking at this pick that the Bengals have in their first round this year in a very strong offensive tackle class where you're talking maybe 10 tackles are picked in the top 50 going down to the Bengals second round pick as well. It's a really opportunity to inject some talent and some athleticism for that unit. And I think this is a year where it makes a lot of sense to do that. We see what happens. We'll see what happens in free agency before we get to that point. But I don't think this is a Frank Pollock needs to go kind of sure necessarily in a vacuum thing because the guys that, Frank has received to work with aren't necessarily the guys that Frank identified in the draft as his primary targets. And the other thing about it is to, to Matthew's question, no news on Frank Pollock being retained or, or leaving doesn't mean he's going anywhere. I, I would expect right now that he is the Bengals offensive line coach in 2024 until we hear otherwise. And, and that's how I would approach that. And I yeah, don't think I, we're going to hear otherwise. I don't think there's like an announcement coming. Like he could sign an extension and it's not, they don't need to mm-hmm. say anything. So yeah, he's going to be the offensive line coach. I, I think, what what would your reaction be, Jake, just along the the athleticism lines, if they drafted an offensive lineman that didn't test in round one, which they've done, which they've done. And it, it hasn't necessarily been the best. What would, would you, what would you react? How would you react? I mean, it would, depends on the player. Obviously there's always, context that goes into it but that individual factor is something that i would ask them to avoid in the first round if he if he didn't test there's opted out of testing didn't do certain tests that are important to i mean these tests clearly aren't important to them enough in some of these offensive line positions where they're willing to make the picks anyway maybe that's just their their approach but i would ask them to change that approach philosophically and, and put more weight on offensive line testing, generally player testing. Stop drafting so many players early who didn't test. Sure. Yeah. I, and I, especially, let's just use Tyler Guyton, right? Let's just say, because he's giant, you know, 6'7", 330, probably needs to put on a little weight at that with that frame. But sure, he can. But if he doesn't test, you're like, oh, well, is it, what are you getting, right? And that's just an example. Um, Jackson Powers Johns, I... I do wonder. I wonder if he he plays his way into that 18th pick. I know everyone's going to be focused on offensive tackle, but uh, guard center combo, he he might be able to elevate that line for sure. And could play left guard right away for everyone wondering. Could make Cordovolson into a backup. I think he's better right now. And then could be a long term piece for you at center to 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 stabilize center as Ted Karras has one year left on his deal. And maybe Ted Karras gets a one year extension. We'll talk about that potential uh here in a couple of minutes but james we spent a lot of time talking about 
offensive tackles, the offensive trenches. We got a bunch of questions about, well, how do you pick? Or is there something that would move you off of those spots? So let's combine a couple of questions here. Will knows ball on Twitter and Lucas at Scooby's on Twitter. The Bengals have a choice between a really good tackle and a really good defensive tackle at 18. Which would you pick and why? And to Lucas's question, to take it further, are there specific players, I would say besides Brock Bowers, because that's an obvious answer here, that aren't offensive tackle or defensive tackle that you would prioritize over one of those two positions at 18? Sure. Uh, first things first, if it's offensive tackle or defensive tackle, it's one dependent. It, let's just say it's the same exact grade. Like yeah. you literally have them neck and neck. They're the 10th player tied for the 10th player on the Bengals board. And they're both young and they both tested and they're both awesome. And they're there at 18. Who it, it's tough. I think you, you, you would bank it or, or base it on what you did in free agency to a degree. Mm -hmm. How important is it to get this guy, this stud defensive tackle right now? Well, it depends on what they do in free agency, what they've done, how many bodies they've added, how big of a weakness is it? Who have they signed at right tackle? I, I think that's that can be the tiebreaker. So that's what it would be. I would need to see free agency to say one way or the other. As of today, because Jonah's on the roster, I think defensive tackle is a bigger need. But the moment Jonah isn't, when the, the new legal tampering period begins, and I think right tackle is as big of a need as any on the team because they don't have one. There is not one on the on the team. Jackson Carmen is not your starting right tackle. Can't be. Impossible. Deontay Smith cannot be. Impossible. So who is it? I don't know. I, I would. So you lean that way to protect Burrow, but I also think it's more likely that they can find that bridge at, at right tackle and you feel okay with that versus finding this stud defensive tackle that can come in and make an impact right away, say Newton or Murphy or one of those guys. And then the second part of the question, I think it's interesting because I, I wouldn't rule out, I mean, the there are a lot of spots that I could see them going. And I forget his name. I've watched the highlights of him all week. The Toledo cornerback. Mitchell. What if he's? What if he's the fifth player on their board? I, I'm not saying he will be, but he might be. What if he's there at 18? Like I'm not ruling him out. I'm not going to rule out uh, one of these wide receivers. That who knows if they fall. Obviously, you mentioned Brock Bowers. I, I think that those, those are spots where, that you could see it and. The other one, and I've mentioned him a few times in the pod, Jackson Powers Johnson, He, I think he's going to be a real candidate at 18. I really do. And you could see multiple tackles there and the Bengals being like, no, let's go with this guy who can play on the interior right away and we can still find a tackle that we really like in round two or round three. Now, there's other interior offensive linemen as well that we'll get into that, that could be targets, but certainly something to consider. Quinion Mitchell, the Toledo Mitchell. Corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, I think corner, interior He's offensive good. line, Jackson Powers Johnson, and wide receiver, all things that could be considered. Brock Bowers obviously would be considered. I wouldn't rule out edge completely because of how much it matters to have a lot of guys that can get after the quarterback in the NFL. But a lot of this depends on what they do in free agency. You're right. Whether or not they go offensive tackle, defensive tackle, one – the Bengals will break all ties. They will they will not have a tie situation on their board in the first round. But two, it'll depend on what happens in free agency. More questions to talk about, James, including veteran extensions and how they'll approach 
defensive tackle this offseason. We'll go there coming up next. This episode of Locked On Bengals is sponsored by LinkedIn, who knows that every small business owner often has to ask themselves the same question. What is the one move I can make to take my business to the next level, to elevate my project, to execute the next move I need to make? And they also know that your success can depend on the people that you surround yourself with and the people you hire. That's why they've created the tools to hire the right professionals and find the right people for your team faster and for free. It's not just another job board, over a billion. That's a ton of the world's population available to you to find the right candidates for your jobs. It's the best place to hire. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within just 24 hours. Small businesses rank LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. It's intuitive, it's quick, it's easy to post your job, and you can do it for free right now at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Today's show is also brought to you by DoorDash, and it's a DoorDash night in my house. That's right, because City Bird is about to be here in... What's DoorDash? Well, it's simple. You don't have to leave the comfort of your own home to get that awesome food you want. So maybe you want City Bird. Maybe you want some Skyline. Maybe you want La Rosa's. Well, DoorDash is going to make it happen for you. That local place that you're looking for, that you're craving, well, DoorDash is the place to go because you don't have to leave your house. And whether the weather's great, whether it's bad outside, it is super convenient. They leave it right on your doorstep or on the stool outside or wherever you want it. And boom, you get that food right now and it's well it's not just dinner you can order snacks as well so chips dips nachos everything you need to make your own nachos for the big game well they have you covered at doordash and right now you can get 50 percent off up to a 10 dollars value when you spend 15 dollars or more on your first order when you download the doordash app and use code locked 23 and subject to change in terms apply so don't forget to do it today. Lock23 is the promo code for 50% off up to a $10 value on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and spend $15 or more. Subject to change, terms apply. James, one more question here about the trenches before we dive into some potential veteran extensions we could talk about. And Sergeant Hude wants to know about Will the Bengals be aggressive in the defensive tackle free agent market this offseason? Will they try to repair the position in the draft? I say, James, that it needs to be a hybrid approach. Defensive tackles and free agency getting increasingly expensive, but they really don't have anything on the roster right now. They desperately need to get better, both for starters and for depth with DJ Reader as a free agent. What are your thoughts? It's definitely both. And it's both similar to the offensive line where they've – They've tried. They've added Zach Carter, and they've added Joseph Osai, and they've added Cam Sample. And I think Cam Sample has certainly become the best out of all those guys, but they haven't gotten it right at DT. Zach Carter didn't develop the way they wanted him to or hasn't yet. They take Tyler Shelvin as part of that Jackson Carmen draft, and good Lord, could you have gotten it more wrong with Tyler Shelvin, who's out of the league right now? So I, I think that's something that they need to do is find a way to get younger and find key pieces that can be rotational pieces in the draft, at least minimum. But you also have to get better right now because the window is now. And so I could totally see them paying two defensive tackles, maybe not a star, but two defensive tackles. And then also 
having it at the top of their their needs list and and spending a day one or a day two pick at defensive tackle. So I think the answer is both. Going to be talking about guys like Shelby Harris again. Going to be talking about Maurice Hurst. Going to be talking about some of the mid-range players, maybe a, a Grover Stewart. Certainly going to yes. be talking about DJ Reader. Going I'm to be in on Grover Stewart. Sheldon Rankin's going to be debating yes. whether Tier Tart can bounce back after he had a rocky conclusion to the season. It was really pretty bad, even after he was claimed on waivers by Houston. Didn't play in their playoff games for the Texans. So that'll be a debate. You'll be cheap. So you'll be cheap, huh? Hurst, you're going to be cheap? Projected by Brad, Brad Spielberger of PFF, Tier Tart, to get three years, $10.5 per year. So still relatively pricey there for a guy who's coming off an up and down year. I'd be surprised because there's so many of those mid guys. I think there'll be a couple on the outside looking in. But that that is the good news for the Bengals. There's a little bit of depth uh, in the defensive tackle free agent class this year. I think they signed two. If I had to predict, go ahead. I I think they need to, like need to, need to, not not an option. I think that's required. Let's get to our next question. This one from South Texas, Kristen, with. A question about some potential extensions a la Trey Hendrickson last year. Are there any potential one- to two-year extensions for some of the veterans on this team like Mike Hilton and Ted Karras coming this year? I think it's interesting because let's say they go with a mid-round guard. Well, that's awesome because especially if he ends up being a quality player. But would it be bad to have Ted Karras around for another year? I, I don't think that's bad. He's a good fit in the locker room. Mike Hilton could be an option, but I think that's dependent on how they truly feel about Dax. And there's a a longer conversation there that we'll have, I'm sure, on this podcast about that, about Dax Hill and his future. So I I do think that it is realistic that they could do it with both if they wanted to. I could also see them making both guys play it out. But both guys are good locker room guys. They're not going to break the bank like Cheeto would have or like DJ Reader would have. So I do think it's a more unique situation than we've seen in recent years with some of these guys. If Mike Hilton was one year younger, I would be no questions asked. Let's lock it up for another year. But the way it is, he's playing out his year 30 contract for the Bengals next year. You're talking about signing him for his age 31 season. And I I do think that Mike Hilton's still good, but you just never know where that cliff is going to come. And that's where it's difficult it would be nice for the players to be able to reward them and, and for Ted, this goes for both players really for what they've done, for what they've been able to do as leaders for what they've been able to provide as far as stability on the football field and and level of play on the football field. But from a business perspective, when we're talking about how much pie there is to go around and and all these different things with some of the young players they have coming up that are going to be due extensions and, and identifying that next core with Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, those two being the guys you know are part of this team going forward. Orlando Brown on this team for three more years, right? So th- there are some pieces you know are going to be around. And they have to pick and choose carefully where they want to spend money around them because everything is a bit of a zero-sum game in the NFL. And when you're not hitting on draft picks, that's something that obviously needs to change. You can't have more Zach Carter draft picks. And, and sorry to keep going back to him, but he just – is a guy they need to improve on. And you could say the same thing about some of their late round and, and mid round offensive line picks where they haven't gotten anything until mm-hmm. they start hitting those with much more regularity. 
they need to be very careful about where they're spending their money. And, and it's a risk. It's the same kind of risk we're talking about with T Higgins, for example, where you don't know how available they'll be because of injury history, because of age. You don't know where that age cliff is coming. That's the sort of risk that you're talking about with DJ, DJ reader as well. And, and those are the difficult decisions that the Bengals have to make with players that are good. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. It's not a, anything about the player it's about their situation in terms of age and injury risk and those sorts of things no doubt no doubt and we'll see which route they go i always lean that way especially with the way they've had success but with age in in not going that route but i could also see them doing it with one of these guys if if the money is right it Mm -hmm. always comes down to the money of course a couple more questions here james one question uh, and we talked about this one if the bengals tag and trade t higgins what should they expect in return and would it make sense that this year they should do so in a good receiver class this question comes from andrew on subtext yeah i think it's certainly possible and it's not something the bengals have done historically but you look at it Man, it would be nice to be able to have that $21.7 million in cap space. I don't think they let T walk. Could they tag him? Could they trade him? Absolutely. I think they should realistically get a, a pick between 30 and 40 from maybe Tennessee or, or from the, the Carolina Panthers and maybe another pick later on day three. But we'll see. Um, hopefully, they can get something like that in return, maybe something even a little more if, if T. Higgins does get traded. I, I don't think it's likely. I think he's probably a member of the team next year on the tag, but we'll see. And he does make the team better if he is there. So there is that consideration. T. Higgins is a good football player. If he can stay healthy, we've seen what he can do. It's just a health question. Last one, staying on receivers. This one from Dominic on a subtext. Rank your all-time top three Bengals receivers. After Chad... Ocho Cinco Johnson did this on Twitter recently and left himself at five outside of the top three. Yeah, I, I told him his rankings are stupid because they are. <laughs> what a dumb, what a dumb ranking. He's number one. And really, this depends on who you ask because people that watched Isaac Curtis say Isaac Curtis. Mm-hmm. And that's it for me. That's where it ends. If you came up in 2011 and you, you watched AJ Green, that's great. Chad was better. I watched both of them. I, I think uh, so to me, it's Chad. Then it's Isaac Curtis because he is awesome. You have the Isaac Curtis rule. You, you talk to people that watched him play. You look at the numbers in a non-passing league, all of those things. And then it's AJ for me. And Carl Pickens was really talented. Chris Collinsworth was awesome. Uh, th- there's plenty of guys that, that would get consideration, but those are the three for me. Jamar, not even close, huh? He's, he's a young – he's not even off of his rookie deal yet. Let's yeah. chill. Let's chill a little. He already like, holds several Bengals records, set rookie single records. season, single yeah. season records. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I, I think it, that if he retired tomorrow, is he ahead of Chad? There's no way. No. If he retired tomorrow, no. But you don't project that. You expect him to play another four plus years at this level, and have some years maybe with some age related rec- decline later, after that four years, probably five, six years even. You, you you can project comfortably a really strong career for Jamar Chase, but you never know. Sure. You never know what's going to happen. No doubt. No, it, that's not an anti-Jamar anything. Yeah. It's just he's still young. That's all. It, it, I mean, th- think about it this way. Like Chris Collinsworth had a lot of success young too, and he's mm-hmm. on the outside looking in because he only played – he played less than a decade. You didn't have that longevity. I want to see that from Jamar, and I, I yeah. think he'll do it. I, I I think he's a freak and on pace to be the best, but he's he's just not there yet. 
I don't know enough about Isaac Curtis. I know that people say he was awesome. I never saw him, obviously, like you. Uh, so recency bias certainly plays a part there for me. But if you're going by most talented that I've seen, it's Chase, Chad, AJ, I think. Or maybe Chase, AJ, Chad, if you're doing talented because AJ had injuries. But Chad was also extremely talented. So if you wanted to do talent-based instead of all-time best, Maybe it's Chase, Chad, AJ. And then Pickens would be right there, I think, because he was extremely talented as well. And then I don't know about Isaac Curtis. He's probably right there too. Sure. And and I'm just banking it, you know, basing it on what everybody says about Isaac for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But, you know, I, the, the Bengals have gotten it right at wide receiver a ton, you know, and, and hopefully they continue to do that because, well, they like to throw the ball and rightfully so when you have JB nine. And you got another incredibly strong wide receiver class for them to make a selection from this year. That's going to do it for this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. Early next week, we'll be back with Mike Renner to talk about what we can take away from the Senior Bowl. We'll have more for you between now and then. Until then, thanks for listening to this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. Hootay, and have a good one. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.